Hi, this is Jason Trinidad, property manager, hotel owner, and investor. If you want to get to the next level of success in business or real estate investing, then listen to my good friend, Sam Noel's podcast. Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. So really quick for our listeners, tell us who you are, what you do. It sounds like you obviously have a, a very cool hotel in Las Vegas, but give us a little bit of background on you, what you do, and, and what you've got going on right now. Okay. Basically, I, I have a background in real estate and property management. So I was doing a lot of residential property management. I transitioned into the first project I got involved with that was not just strictly residential. It was a multifamily project that was 265 units and the owners were running it into the ground and I knew the owner and he brought me over and I helped him take his property. It was at like 70% occupancy. He was about to you know, start defaulting on his loans. Wow. I helped him turn it around. I got it back up to 95% occupancy in, in basically three months. So a lot of, there was a lot of deferred maintenance. There was stuff that took a long time, but I pretty much did that for free. I, I actually offered to show up to the property for free. I offered my services for free. And I said, if I, if I do a good job, then you can pay me. And that's uh, what we did. The guy's kind of a scumbag. So after I fixed this property and got it all back operational, he fired me and didn't pay me. But what I took with me was the experience and the knowledge. And that's why I, I offered my time for free. That's uh, oh, it's kind so of on. something. Is he back me. down to? Is he back down to low occupancy again? Do you know what's going on with that that's property? It. Yeah, no, it is. It is going back downhill. Um, I'm actually tied to the Yelp account, so I continue to see the negative reviews and the people complaining <laughs> about all the stuff that I fixed. So, do you want to? Yeah. Do you uh, want to help us write an offer <laughs> on that property and and we'll buy it? <laughs> Sounds like exactly <laughs> what we're looking for. Put, yeah, no, um, I, I could uh, I'm definitely uh, introduce you guys, you know, at, at some point, uh, if he's going to continue to do the same thing, history will repeat itself. Yeah. But uh, one of the things about me just as a human being is that I have I have um, this thing where I'm always willing to like pay it forward. So when I offered my time for free, I knew that the reality was that I was offering my time just to get myself in that position to be able to do what I knew that I could do so that I could prove myself and then also learn at the same time. So a lot of times people get caught up on like being compensated for every single thing that they do. But mm -hmm. um, what I realize is that the experiences that I have in life are more important than anything. And if I didn't pay it forward and do the things that I do, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in today. That's something that I think you know, I wanted to give a one little tidbit for everybody. If you're out there and you're trying to get in the business and you don't know where to start, offer your time and your services and make sure that you can deliver when you go in. Don't offer to paint a house if you've never held a paintbrush in your entire life unsupervised. You could go in as an apprentice and offer your help as a support staff. So if you're dealing with property management, you could offer um, your assistance as like an assistant manager or something and, and contribute your time. And then that's the way I would go about it. And then once you are familiar with the environment and you understand how things work and you start getting ideas and stuff, then you can take it to the next level and you might end up being managing a property and having the same type of opportunities that, that uh, you were dreaming of, you know? 
Yeah, no, I, I really like what you just said. And it's funny because Lyndon and I are very like-minded. Lyndon's actually helping. He's my business partner in all the big purchases we do. He's helping someone turn around a hotel right now in, in Albuquerque. And he's doing it for free. Yep. And I asked him, I was like, so what is he paying you? And Lyndon's, I don't know. We really like this guy. He's a good investor. And and so Lyndon's just helping him out. And I'm sure he'll get paid some way, hopefully. But no, I really like what you said. Just pay it forward and add value to, to others. And and there's constantly people saying, hey, can I pick your brain? Can I pick your brain? And And mm-hmm. while I don't mind helping others, it's always so much better when you have someone who wants to give back and not just take from you. It sounds like maybe on the apartment deal that you helped that guy with, you didn't get it back there, but you did benefit in some way. And you've got a, a great track record to talk out, talk about or to speak of taking it from 70 yeah. to up to 95. Is that what you said? 95% yeah. occupancy? Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, awesome. You know, we, uh, not only did we bring the occupancy back up, but we brought the, the rental rates up. We, we increased the revenue and we increased the occupancy. I, I guess you're actually, sending you a nice Christmas present or something. Jeez. Yeah. I want to um, throw in just another little bit of valuable information because one of the terms that I was introduced to when I started dealing with hotels is RevPAR. And for those of you who don't know, RevPAR is revenue per available room. And you can take RevPAR and calculate that for apartment complexes too. It doesn't have to be a hotel. But your RevPAR is your revenue per available room. So instead of like taking your occupancy rates and your and your rates that you're charging um, either you know monthly or annually or in the hotel business nightly, and then deducting for vacancies and um, deducting for discounts and losses or whatever, um, with RevPAR you can basically look at how much money am I getting per unit, how much money am I getting per key um, that you have, and it's a great metrics to follow. And the numbers actually the number you look at it and you're like, oh that's low because I'm charging more. And per room, but then you're just looking at the the actual amount you're charging. So if you if you have an apartment and you're charging a thousand bucks a month, you're like, okay, my income, what I'm charging is a thousand bucks for that unit, and then my occupancy rates are let's just say ninety percent, and then I've got my vacancies that I got to back out, or I mean, not the vacancies, I got my delinquencies that I've got to back out. And when you start, it gets a little bit complicated. Revenue per available room is just basically taking the total amount of revenue that you've taken in for a month, and then dividing it by the amount of rooms that you have. And, or the amount of apartments that you have. And that gives you your yeah. revenue per available room or rev- revenue per available key, basically. And it's really a great way to um, easily uh, have a metric for how you're doing as a business. So I think that's just a bit of information I can give to everybody. When you walk into an apartment, instead of doing this crazy calculation of you know, how everything is, just look at how much is that property making today and then divide it by the amount of rooms, and that's your starting point. That's that's it right there. And that's what you're making per unit. And so your goal is to drive that up. And that's right. how you can see, um, um, you create a metric that you can easily like look at and follow. So, No, I like it. So now uh, you're we, in the hotel too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we use that with hotels, and, and I haven't used it with apartments, but I like it. I'm going to actually start calculating rev par for the apartments we're looking at. But take me back, Jason. How old are you, by the way, Jason? 42. 42. Okay, you don't look that old, but uh, take us back. I always back. blow people away. I have, five, I have five kids. One of them is 19 years old, believe it or not. Holy so. cow. That's awesome. Congrats. That's fun. Yeah. So take us back years ago. How did you get into real estate property management? Do you, did you sell real estate? How did you get into managing apartments and now hotels? So I started out doing uh, loans. 
when I was in the, uh, the mortgage business, I was managing director of a mortgage office. I was doing that in 2004, 2005, 2006. And then around 2007, basically, if you're a mortgage broker, you're a scumbag. And all the, the property yep. value started dropping. Because you talk to, um, to 10 people and you, you might be able to help one of them if you were lucky. Uh, but it became a very difficult business. And I, and I just realized that there was going to be a lot of changes going on in the mortgage industry and that it was going to be a long road to ride out. And I realized that no matter what, with real estate, that there was going to be sales going on. So as the market drops, you're still going to have people selling. And then we had the awesome REO and short sale market that popped up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, if I had held on to the mortgage business, I still could have made money on the short sales and stuff like that. But I basically transitioned over to real estate. When I first got my real estate license, I started doing rentals. That basically there wasn't a lot of sales going on at the time because the market was declining. The monthly sales were dropping. And I got into uh, rentals. I was doing about eight to $10,000 a month in income from rentals. I did a, um, created a wow. website. I made a directory of all the properties, all the high rises for rent. And um, I manually exported the report and then uploaded it as a link so you could click on it and then view the report that you would normally email to somebody. So basically, before you had IDX feeds, before you had yeah. you know, online websites that you could go to, I figured out a way to get that data to people so that they could search online and view what was available. I became very successful doing that, and that's, uh, that's kind of how I got started in the business. I love that. That's super creative, man. A lot of the really big-time successful realtors, commercial brokers I know, property managers, They've done something like that, creating their own database mm-hmm. that no one else has, or maybe going a step further with their database. So I really like that yeah. you did that. And so yeah. you were doing that. And then tell me about hotels. How'd you get into hotels? Because that so, uh, <laughs> seems like it could be a big jump. It's, it's a different animal. Yeah. So I got into the hotel business. That was very, very interesting. <clears throat> I, I had a guy call me and he said, hey, would you, um, is, he was an agent. He said, I've got this listing. He was a brand new agent. He had the listing for uh, you know six months. I guess his uh, contract was about to expire with the owner. So he's, hey, would you like to buy this uh, motel? And I'm like, I never really thought about it, but I it sounds really cool. Sounds like it'd be right up my alley to send me the information. So he shot the information over to me and how the hotel was performing. And I'm like, hey, this looks like a great deal. And they had a line item on the, on the property. They were doing like uh, capital improvements. And so the revenue was listed as $152,000 a year, but they had about $40,000, $45,000 in uh, meals and entertainment and uh, repairs, which were actually capital improvements. So I looked at that and said, this thing's not making 152000 a year. This thing's making 200000 a year. Yeah. And uh, I, I was like, this is a really great deal. So I, I tried to put the deal together and to buy it. Um, but what, what happened was is with motels, uh, with the hospitality business, it's very difficult to get a loan if you've never run a hotel before. It is damn near impossible to get a loan if you've never run a hotel before. It's very challenging. Um, it's a fast-paced environment. There's a lot to it. You know, you're managing employees, uh, marketing, advertising. There's, there's just a lot to it. I, it's hard to get financing, so I had to find another way to, get, um, to pay for it. So anyways, the guy's listing expired. I wasn't able to get the deal together. And I told um, the owner, I said, hey, if you'll do an agreement with me to sell the property, I'll sell it for you and we'll just go from there. So he, I said, I have more experience and I've been a broker for a long time and I've done you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate transactions. So let me do it. This guy was brand new. So he got rid of that guy. He hired me and I started trying to sell the property. The property had the infamous free triple X movie sign on the front. 
<laughs> and the, the owners, I told them, I said, take the sign down because it's going to cause problems. I said, just stop doing the triple X movies. And they yeah. said, no way, we're going to keep them up. So anyways, I got the listing. Six days after yeah, I got the listing. they were pretty profitable. I imagine I heard that used to be a pretty big income source when people stayed at the hotel. Um, just, I guess not if it's free, but it was but, free. Uh, it was charging included. for those. Yeah, what it did is it brought a bunch of CD characters there. and basically, Yeah, I bet. Just being upfront and honest, people were just basically showing up, smoking crack, getting hookers, and hanging out in the hotel rooms. So it was oh. an adults-only hotel. You had to be 21 to stay there. And, and that was basically what they were doing. There's an old Polish guy and his wife that ran it out of California, you know, out of state owners. And then they used one of the units there as their own personal like vacation residence. Long story short... Uh, six days after I get the listing, we get somebody who puts an offer in and uh, it's for, for $2 million. And we get the deal. It's supposed to be a cash deal. The guy doesn't tell us that he's getting some bank financing or he's got some other investors that are involved. So he puts 20 grand down. We're six days from closing and the bank drives by that was supposed to do the financing and they saw the triple X movie signs. They're oh, done. No. So the guy oh, lost no. 20 grand, had to put the motel back on the market. And we then began that journey of trying to sell it again. So wow. fast forward about six months and we, we get an offer from the owners getting desperate at this point. So we get an offer from this lady who it actually ended up being like a kind of a scam or whatever, but she put uh, owner carry a million dollars and or no, it was like 1.3, I think is what it was. So she was asking the owner to carry the majority of the purchase price. And to right. my surprise, the owner was like, that's fine. I'm old and I could just have a steady income. So I'm cool with it. So let's look at this offer. And all I could think of was like, I didn't know this was on the table. (laughs) I started running the offer through and there was some in the offer, there was some kind of like thing where she wanted to kick back basically like they wanted us to write it up for, cause it was at the time the price was at 1.75 million. So they wanted us to write it up for 2 million and then give $250,000 back in credits and then owner carry 1.3. The whole thing was like, Okay, now it's getting like to be too much. She's not putting up any money. Like they're basically buying this with zero down, and and we looked Sounds at risky. Like, no, yeah, we're not going to do this. Yeah. Uh, oh, and and it was uh, the reason why I say it was like a scam is because they wanted the owner to hold a second, so they were going to have a small first, and then the owner holds the second. But what happens is the buyer can just default on that second and then foreclose on the first and the second. So it was a scam. Yep. But I, I figured that out, and I'm like, okay, this isn't going to be good. So I talked to the owner. I said, hey, if you're willing to carry a million dollars, I'll go get the rest of the capital and I'll buy it. He's like, if you can do it, then go ahead. And so uh, I then began trying to figure that out. But unfortunately, I was basically about to go get on a plane to go to Fiji for um, Tony Robbins Life Mastery. And I thought, man, I'm leaving town. I got this whole deal together. I'm going to lose the deal while I'm out in Fiji. But I'm like, whatever, I'll figure it out. So I'm there in Fiji, I'm sitting in this room and it's very expensive to do Mastery University. And so I'm there and I'm like two or three days into the event, uh, all we've been eating is fruit and vegetables or whatever. And we've basically been fasting. And when I'm talking fruit and vegetables, like they gave us like one little cube of uh, pineapple. Oh geez. Yeah. So I was like, had a moment of clarity and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm surrounded by a lot of people that have a lot of money in this room. I'm just going to go and start talking to people in the room and see if anybody might be interested in investing the money, the funds that we need to, to buy the property. So I had $250,000. I basically needed to raise the funds to buy the property and then rehab it. So I had $175,000 rehab budget. 
I had my 250,000 and then I raised, I think it was like 650 from the other investors. So I had a million dollar owner carry. At, uh, at the Tony Robbins. Yeah, at the Tony Robbins. Nice, I, I like I raised, it. Yeah, I raised $650,000 from the uh, Zenit Capital, uh, which Nabil Kassam, Iqbal Kassam and Nadim Kassam, they're the brothers that I, uh, the family that I met there. And they said, you know what? It sounds great if the numbers are as good as what you're saying it is, let's just go ahead and do it. And these are venture capital guys that don't say, let's just go ahead and do it without really doing some serious due diligence. But what had happened is we built this like amazing bond while we were there at the event. And they pretty much just said, we're going to trust you. Let's go ahead and do it. So I went back, I wrote up the contract. We closed in 15 days and the motel was mine. I closed on August 29th, 2018. Nice, dude. I love it. That's one of the most creative, interesting stories I've ever heard of someone taking down a property. You tried to buy it. Yeah. You couldn't because you couldn't get a loan because you weren't an, a hotel operator. Yeah. And uh, then you list it because the first realtor didn't know what he was doing, the first broker. Yeah. And then you get a crazy couple of buyers. They won't take down the triple X signs, which yeah. it's funny how I'm a broker as well. It's funny how our clients don't listen to us. It's interesting how that happens. Yeah. Talking to a wall sometimes. <laughs> exactly. But yes, yeah, seller carry on a hotel. That's awesome, man. That's a really cool way to take down your first deal. And and I, yeah. my favorite part is that you got investors from Tony Robbins from a mastermind group. And Lyndon met our buddy that's uh, this big time investor in Albuquerque that he's helping out with his hotel at yeah. a mastermind group in Florida back in November or December, October. I don't know when we were there. Been traveling wanna, way too much. <laughs> you want to know something funny? Yeah. The, the investor for the town and country motel. So I bought uh -huh. the Dutton first. So I bought a second motel uh -huh. from the same event. Pasha, Pasha Esfandiari became my partner in town and country. So both investors that invested in both motels came from the same event. That's awesome, man. <laughs> That's so neat. So tell me how it's working out. I'm assuming you took down the triple X sign. I did. Uh, yeah. You got rid of the crackheads and the yeah. hookers. I tried. <laughs> so, so how's it working out it's been amazing so when, when we took over the property um, we closed on it august 29th our first month in business we did twenty five thousand dollars in revenue so um, we had no management system in place it was all done on a spreadsheet with a clipboard it was wow. uh, all cash like they they uh, didn't really do much uh, credit card transactions um so i bought it and, and they also had a you know on-site manager that that was there been there for a while that guy happened to be stealing money so um, surprise, surprise. dealing with theft when I first got there, the employees were all fighting with each other. I was like, um, everybody is, I've been here for this long. And so they, they were all jockeying for position. And I basically just let it ride out for a month and a half while I figured out what was going on. I set up the uh, cloud beds. So I put the cloud bed system in place. I integra uh, integrated it with Expedia. Uh, we also set up Airbnb. We integrated that as well too. And we started renovating the rooms and just improving them. We got better towels, better better linens, better bed sheets. Uh, we got better bed sheets. Uh, we also got better toiletries and stuff. So we just went through and, and started making renovations and cleaning up the property and providing a better experience. And I bought it August 29th, basically October. It started to really take off. So September was, like I said, it was about $25,000 in revenue. And then when we hit October, I really started to increase. We, we were in like the $38,000 range. And then November, October, November, we started to get up to like the over 40,000. And then now we're bringing in anywhere like between 47 to uh, $55,000 a month in revenue. Wow. 
Yeah. Wow. Massive. Nice work, return. man. That's awesome. What kind of return are you looking at for you and your investors? So we're uh, we're looking at like uh, twenty to uh, twenty to twenty five percent return um, on the investment. Yeah. Well, as far as the the revenue on a monthly basis, it's good. But I um, I want to refinance out of the seller the seller financing and the second loan. I'm at eight percent on a million dollar first, and I'm at ten percent on a second. And we actually added a a third later for a hundred thousand. So I've got about uh, one point four two five million dollars in debt. And I'm paying eight to ten percent interest on that debt right now. Our hard costs are about like twenty-two thousand dollars a month, and and that includes the loan. And then we're spending about twelve thousand dollars in rehab every month, finishing the renovations. So what I've been doing is operating at a break-even. But uh, after we spend money on the loans and we spend money on the renovations, we've got about twenty-two thousand dollars right there. So if you take uh, the valuation we figured out, if you take about $22,000 in profit a month, um, which is uh, what it is without the mortgage and the, and the uh, capital improvements, uh, the value is worth about $3.5 million now. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and I, I'm assuming you're, once you're totally rehabbed, you're going to refi out and have a 4 4.5% loan. Yeah, about 6 so, okay, yeah, a little bit higher. But um, that actually brings up a big thing. I learned a lesson that I'd like to share with all of you guys in regards to the uh, financing of these hotels. If you're going to buy a hotel and you've never bought one before, let's just throw out the financing from a bank out the window. It's just not going to happen. Unless you're a millionaire and your bank, hey, whatever you want to do, we'll give you some money. But the reality of it is that's not the ballpark that many of us are in. If you're going to buy a hotel and you want to do owner financing, your, the loan that you're going to refinance out of is going to have to be an SBA loan. So you have, mm-hmm. if you do owner financing, you have to own that property for two years and operate it for two years before you can refinance out of the owner carry. So if you're structuring these deals and you're doing an owner carry, you have to make sure you have three years, not to on the term of the loan. If you have two years in the term of the loan, you better have a good relationship with the that seller. Get tight. Yeah. Cause there's no room. You don't give yourself any room to actually close the refi. Now you could try to like work it out with the bank and make sure that you close on the exact day, but that puts you in a situation that's going to be stressful. So I negotiated yeah. a two year term on the first mortgage, uh, but I contacted the, the seller um, who I've actually become pretty good friends with and he agreed to an extension. So I was able to get him to extend it for another year, but don't fuck up and do that on your own. Cause you might not have a nice guy. And then you're going to be scrambling to try to figure out how to get out of that owner financing. When, when you oh, don't. and he'd love to foreclose on you and just keep all that, those nice rehabs that you've done. And yeah, you know, if now, he's not a I, nice guy. Yeah. Fortunately, I have partners who have very deep pockets. So the reality is that if it did come down to that, if he wasn't willing to do the extension, then we would have just basically you know paid it off. And then, nice. but what, what it, it could have happened, if that happened, it could affect my equity ownership because oh, I sure. don't have that money to come up to pay off the loan. So sure. uh, just make sure if you are doing these owner carries, they've got to be for three years. They can't be for two years. If you do them for two years, you're making a huge mistake. And fortunately I, I was able to get myself out of that. A lot of you aren't going to be in a situation where you can backtrack and fix that. And you could, you're basically what you'd be forced to do is the last six months of that two years, you're going to be forced to sell the property. And so potentially at a significant time. discount. Yeah. Now the other thing is there's a way to get around this. And this is what I just found out like in the last week and Ryan, the uh, mortgage broker, he told me about it. So basically if you, if you do a, a lease option, you can do a lease option and structure it so that you put money down 
you're making monthly payments. The monthly payments can be the same as what you would pay for interest. If you structure right. it as a lease option, you can refinance out of it at any time. You don't have to wait two years to do it. Oh, so if you nice. are planning to buy the property to fix it up and to, to refi it in six months or 12 months, structure it as a lease option because that's the only way you're going to be able to get that SBA loan to buy out of it. And this is great information. And this is stuff that that's I've just great. learned through figuring it out. No, I yeah. love that. Thank you so much. And whenever we buy apartments, hotel, any asset we're going to buy, I really love that you touched on that because we focus on giving ourselves way more than enough time to d decide what to do with the assets. So on multifamily right now, everything's a 10-year call. We're not doing the three or the five years because there could be a significant downturn. And the way hotels and apartments are, are assessed, their value, it's all mm -hmm. based on net operating income. And if your income's down because we're in a recession and you have to refi in two, three years or five years, you could be in some serious trouble. So I really appreciate what you're saying there. Yeah. Um, I did hear something though, and I'm you might be getting to it, but I heard you're working on some creative ways to filling rooms. So that's yeah. one thing we're working on with our hotel. We closed on it today, actually, which is cool. It's yeah. 96 rooms. 20 of them are down because of a leaky roof. Yeah. But uh, tell me about some creative ways of, of filling rooms. What I did is Pasha and I were partner. We basically talked about ways to pay it forward. And right now it's during the middle of winter. It's cold out. We've got a homeless problem in Las Vegas. So what we decided to do is our projections were that the, the motel was going to be basically vacant, 50% occupancy or less, maybe even 30 for the first month. But the rooms were like, the rooms were in acceptable condition to use with, um, for the homeless to get off the street, but they weren't in acceptable condition for us to um, start marketing them to the general public for full price. So uh, what we did is we created this work for housing program and we uh, assigned 10 rooms so basically 33% of the available rooms, uh, roughly, there's 29, so we, we took 10 of them. Uh, we assigned those to the people that are in the program, and then we rented out the rest of the rooms. Um, so the people that join the program, and I will make this disclaimer, if you're going to do this program, you cannot just give them a room and expect that, that that's fine. You're taking in homeless people that need food, they need emotional support, they need to feel comfortable. And it might not be the first day that they show up that they feel comfortable, but we've gone above and beyond with not only giving them room, providing meals Monday, Monday through Friday, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We've wow. uh, provided them some clothes in some cases. We've also, we've had a lot of very um, uh, generous people that saw our story. I received donations for $800, $300, and $400. I just received those in the last few days. We did our, our part and we paid it forward and we brought in a, a whole crew of guys that now live on property and it's a four week program and we're trying to find them permanent employment and get them uh, into other programs, transitional housing or get them into permanent housing and permanent work um, when they exit our program. So what, what ended up happening is we're about a week and a half into the program and this guy came by from a great Brian branch house and they have a house where they provide uh, a program where they'll give somebody a free place to stay and they help them get them employed. They don't charge them any rent until they actually get their job. And they've got 85% like success ratio with the guys. So at the end of four weeks here, we're going to transition some of the people over to that program. And that way we're not just bringing them in, giving them free housing and dumping them back on the street in four weeks. So wow. the results of this, the results of this program have been absolutely mind blowing. These guys 
having 10 people work on your property is like having a massive crew. Now you're going to have to pick your battles with skilled labor. So if you need plumbing done or if you need electric electrical done, call in the professionals, your pressure washing, your basic, your painting, uh, your cleanup, tearing out carpets, emptying rooms, all the general labor, they're perfect for it. And you might actually get lucky because we've had, a couple of people enter the program that actually have experience with, with some of the skilled trades. And so we're able to put them in a situation where they're handling the trades that they're good at. So, um, wow. you so want to, cool. yeah, you want to take in the applications. Uh, what we did is everybody who shows up, we don't turn anybody away. We have a one page application that they fill out. And, um, so the applications look like this. Uh, basically they fill it out. They put their uh, information up here. Uh, they put their skills right here and then they answer a few questions here about like how long they've been homeless or, um, wow. are they disabled? Do they have any pets and do they have a problem being sober? The program. So, uh, the, you know, part of the program is, is that people need to be sober while they're on the program. And that's something that you have to stick to, too. I'm telling all you guys, you're like going to do this program and you're going to be like, Hey, let's all be buddies and drink beers and hang out. That's not what you want to do. Yeah. It's the wrong the wrong path to go. Make right. sure that you convey to people that this is an expectation. And uh, we've actually got one couple that's going to be actually in the program today because they're not following that. Got it. Got it. This is really cool, man. Was this your idea or how did you create yeah. this? It was my idea. I've been working with the city and the county and uh, some our, our uh, Desert Moon Motel, we actually have rooms that are constantly rented out by the housing programs. They come in and they have home, or, uh, families that are in transitional trying to transition either from being homeless or they lost their job and they'll bring them to us and they'll pay their their weekly rent for them and then we move them into our property wow. we had this relationship that we started building with them and so we're very close to the, the homeless problem also downtown is where a lot of the homeless people are one of the things is like people complain about oh there's uh um, we get a guest that books on expedia and they're like oh i don't want to stay here because there's homeless people out in front of the property so having having that problem we were like you know let's fix it let's pay it forward let's get some people off the street and then it actually snowballed into not only let's get them off the street for four weeks but what else can we do to to try to get their heads right and and get them into a permanent housing permanent jobs that's so cool man i I wish you luck with that and it sounds like you're doing a great job just so our listeners can maybe donate i would encourage them and What's the best way to help you out with your program and to donate? And maybe if they're the area, they could help out. If not, they can just send you some cash. But I'm, I'm curious, what's the best way? Yeah, if anybody wants to donate, um, they can donate through uh, the PayPal account, which is uh, jason at tncmotel.com. So it's uh, town and then N for Nancy. So T for town, N for Nancy, and then C for country, motel.com. So text, text that over to me. I'll put it in the show notes. And so when this releases, they'll be able to do that. Cause I, I think that's great. Yeah. We'd appreciate it. The, the program participants really appreciate it. And, and we're looking at extending this program another month. So we've got a four week program and then we're going to do another four week program. So we'll get a new round of people and that we're going to help out. But yeah, we appreciate it. Any kind of donations, any assistance. We've got like a, a husband and wife, a 21 year old um, girl that they have a one and a two year old kid. The kid hadn't changed their clothes and, in uh, 14 days, they've been on the streets getting kicked out in front of like stores and stuff. Um, oh, wow. So they're, they're like stabilized and everything's good with them. And that's one story. We've also got a girl that was in the sex industry and we got her out of that. So she's no longer wow. you know, prostituting on the street. She's here 
And uh, she's actually ended up be, uh, being one of the managers, front desk managers here. Holy cow, that's awesome, man. So just to recap, because I'm going to throw up a clip of this on Facebook. Just to recap, you have this hotel, mm-hmm. you're rehabbing it. You yep. want to pay it forward because you're a good person and you enjoy doing that. And you have this idea, why don't I take the homeless off the street? I'll give them a nice place to stay for free. And, ex- yep. and in exchange, we'll also give them meals, but they'll work for us and do some work, light labor on the property, maybe tear up carpet, yep. paint a wall, pressure wash the, the building, give them something to do. They have mm-hmm. to be sober, yep. which is great. And yep. then you've gone a step further and now you're helping them look into more programs where they can get a job and get into permanent housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. And you said I you have- just helped a couple that had a couple kids that were on the street, hadn't changed their clothes in, in 14 days. Obviously that's, I'm sure they were struggling for food. You had someone in the sex industry, you're able to help get out of that. That's massive. And I think that's yeah. really cool what you've done. Also a couple of the people in our program just got out of jail. So they have one guy, a younger guy, actually, he's 20-something years old, was with the wrong people at the wrong time and ended up getting getting arrested and put in jail. And he just uh, got out from spending, I mean, he was like five years in jail. So, wow. you know, it's hard to get a job when you're like that. But he's he's uh, young and strong and he's been one of our best workers. That's so cool, man. And it's perfect timing for the holidays. What What a blessing for those people. I think that's great. I know Lyndon was just, uh, what, Lyndon, you found five families close to you. You noticed that were needing some help and you were taking donations and taking them food and clothing as well. Nice. Uh, yeah, one of my buddies got a property. He, one of the families was living in a car. Uh, they just got off the street. Another one had a three-year-old boy. So, oh yeah, it's, it's cool to see how people come together and help, that's for sure. Yeah, every me? holiday season, Lauren and I always find a family or two to help out. Uh, I think last year was this wife who had been, she was basically beaten by her husband and kicked out of the home with no clothing, no food, no money, living yeah. at, a sister's play, at her sister's place. So luckily in, in the business I'm in, I know a lot of very wealthy people. They're my investors. And I just shot an email out and said, hey, we need to help this lady send me money. And I thought people were going to send 25 bucks. I started getting donations of 500 bucks. And so we went and bought these kids winter coats. We bought them a bunch of food. I don't remember everything we bought for them, but clothing, food, I think they needed beds. The husband literally kicked them out without anything, just the clothes on their backs. I really have a soft spot in my heart for for people like you. And and I appreciate you helping other people. And Lyndon and I make sure that we're trying to give back as well in our business. Jason, I think that's awesome. I have this, by the way, that I'll... uh... I'll share with you guys. I'll send you a copy of it. It's a three-page document that I did, and it outlines the program and how I've structured it. It's I've got our program mission in there, what we do, what's the difference, talk about uh, do hotels need help and, and why this program's great, and uh, why the hotel owners partner with us. I've got the duration of the program structure, the work scope that they'll be doing, and the performance option. We put in a, a performance option, basically, instead of instead of doing four weeks guaranteed, it's four week program, but it starts one week at a time. So the owner is going to donate that room, that housing to that person. And they've got a week where they can contribute and they can help out around the property. If it doesn't work out at the end of that week, then the owner can deny the extension of the program and that person moves out. But if it works out and they're doing a good job, then they can, uh, the owner can authorize another extension of another week. So what that does is it provides accountability for the participants of the program. That's huge. So if you just say, Hey, I'm going to give you four weeks. 
some guys are going to move in and get real comfortable and stop working. They got to keep working to keep sustaining the program. They will. And a lot of people, not that they want to take advantage, they just need that extra accountability and it's human nature. So I think that's fantastic. Everybody needs accountability and really you're helping them even more by holding them accountable and helping them uh, feel better about themselves and accomplishing something. So I think that's fantastic, man. That's really neat. I'm impressed. Lyndon and I, I know we're already thinking about doing something like this in our hotel and I'm inspired. I I think we need to do it. Now, if you, if you do it the way that I've got it structured, then then you're not actually paying them. Uh, you're not actually paying them as employees. So what's really important about this program is you have to leave it open to them. Like I'm donating a room to you and you're going to be volunteering your time back to me as part of the program. So I'm donating this housing to you and I'm going to give you a donation of you know, $80 um, that you can use for whatever you need to each week. But it's not, you're not on payroll. It'd be great if you could be here at eight o'clock in the morning and, and it'd be between eight and five or whatever to help out. But if you can't, if you got some medical appointments to go to, if you got something to go to, then go to it. So if, if you want to tell these people you have to show up at eight o'clock in the morning and then you have to be here till five o'clock and you can't leave, they're employees and it's going right. to change the program. So that's why I put that accountability feature in there because basically you're, as the owner, you're going to take, you're going to interview these people and decide whether or not they're a good fit. And then you're going to pay it forward and give them a room for a week. That person has the option to show up, stay in your place, not work five minutes, and then exit the program after a week. So you need to do your work and make sure that when you're interviewing these people that they're not going to do that. But that, that's if you don't structure it like that, you're going to be hiring them right. as employees. They're going to become employees, and you're going to have to pay taxes. And then not only that, when you give them the room, you're going to have to calculate the cost of the room plus the room taxes. So for example, in my place, I'm giving a $320 value. Um, I call them room vouchers. They get uh-huh. the, that room voucher goes to cover the cost of their room. And, uh, and, and so it's not reported as income because we're basically just donating that room to them. But, but if you do right. it the other way, if you say, because originally I had the program structured where it's 40 hours a week, eight hours a day, and then the, they, they get a room, which is 283 plus tax, which comes out to 320. And then we have to, the $38 of that was, or $37 of that was actually taxes we were going to have to pay. So it makes the program a lot more complicated and you're going to spend more money if you do it structured as an actual employee. So if you can structure it as a donation and, and they're volunteering, then the program works a lot smoother. Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. I like it. Wow. Uh, that's a lot to take in. So essentially you don't want to force them to work. You can't, otherwise they become an employee. You don't want to charge for the hotel room or say that you are. So it's all on a donation basis, which I think is fantastic. And it's smart. It's very smart. Lyndon, did you have any follow-up questions? What were you going to say real quick, Jason? I was just saying these these people are grateful. uh, You don't feel that the people you're talking to or interviewing are in a difficult situation and that they're going to be out on the street. Then, you know, you you shouldn't work with them. You should, all the people that you're helping should be extremely um, grateful because they're not on the street and they've got something to do and they've got the potential to go into full-time employment or full-time housing. You have to take that leap of faith where you're just paying it forward and, and they should be grateful and they should be happy and they should have a really good time while they're there on the program. So that's awesome. Now when you're helping with uh, after the four weeks, have people reached out to you or were you reaching out to other groups to help them transition to the next level? How did, t- explain that process? A little bit. I know you're not quite there yet. 
I, I shared uh, a post on Facebook, and this is when this thing went viral. So I, I put the post on Facebook that said, um, I've got this work, work for housing program. I got a picture of a homeless guy holding a sign, and I put that on my, my photo. So uh, people are, you want to have the visual connection too. And then when I did that post, I just thought a few of my friends might be like, oh, hey, I've got somebody or whatever. But what happened is I all of a sudden I hit submit, and then it was like two shares, five shares, 10 shares. And right now I think it's at 3,400 shares of that post. So wow. uh, as a result of it going viral, um, the, uh, the local news company picked it up. So Fox News picked it up and they came down here and actually interviewed me. They've done two interviews and put me on twice already. And then it's really just blown up ever since all, um, we were on the news. Uh, but the Facebook post blew it up initially, but the news helped a lot. What, what I would say is if you're going to do this program to do the same thing that I did, you know, put a, um, put up a post together. You can find my post on the town and country motel or actually on my personal page as Jason Trindade. You could find my post there and you could take the same post and literally copy it and, and share it. I'm giving you guys permission to take my post and share it. And, and you can use the verbiage, you can use the photo, whatever you, you want, but uh, get, get that out there and then watch people start sharing it. And then uh, if you have contacts like me, I personally have contacts in the news media so like, I know like the weather guy and I know uh, some of the different newscasters. So when I shared it out on my page, it immediately ended up in front of the news station and uh, Fox is the one who picked it up. And the, the publicity has been worth its weight in gold. It's free, free publicity. And as a result of the publicity, not only did we get the people on the work program, but we actually ended up filling up the hotel with people. We went from two guests at our hotel uh, on the Friday that I bought it to 100% occupancy with seven rooms down. So we filled effectively 21 rooms because we had two already filled. So um, we filled 21 rooms in four days, 10 on the program wow. and the other 11 were actually paying customers. So that's, that's awesome, man. Uh, so thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, really we're going to, I'll check that post out for sure. And we definitely like to keep you updated with, you know, what we're working on because we're pretty much starting next week on it. <laughs> nice. I'm definitely, uh, I'm looking to grow what I'm doing in the hotel business. Anything I can do to, to help out. If you guys need someone who's got operating experience and you want somebody to get involved that can help uh, guide you through, through some of the stuff that I've gone through as far as the marketing, advertising, operations and all that stuff. Um, I definitely want to, to give back um, to you guys and contribute if I can. And this is the business I'm going to be in for a long time. Awesome. Hey, I, I'm curious. We got to wrap up soon, but in high school... Were you ever thinking you're going to be providing housing for the homeless and operating, <laughs> getting a 20% plus return on hotels and being a, a huge real estate investor? What were you thinking? No, I, I didn't. I had no idea. All, so. I think all I was thinking about was basketball and I wanted to fly F-16s for the Air Force. I never thought I'd be here either. But, you know, one of the big questions I ask on my podcast, and I want to know, you've already answered it. It seems like you really go the extra mile, but... I always want to know, do you think it's more hard work or talent that's got you to where you are? It's a combination of the biggest thing that everybody needs is the mindset. You know, if you don't, if you don't have your mind, then you're not going to get anywhere. Um, so you need to have a mindset of abundance, not a mindset of scarcity. Um, so that is the biggest thing that's pushed me towards where I want to go. And the Tony Robbins uh, Mastery University has made the biggest impact in my entire life. I've been to uh, Wealth Mastery, Life Mastery University, 
business mastery was like amazing. But I've gone through the whole Tony Robbins program, and as a result, I've become a better person. And I really, I really have developed a bunch of skills that help me be more open and, and contribute more. And just uh, a lot of good stuff has come from it. Now, if you learn the six human needs, if you don't know the six human needs, go type it up and, and uh, type it into YouTube and uh, listen to Tony Robbins and the six human needs. You need to understand that to be successful. If you don't understand what people want, you're not going to be successful because you're going to be shooting in the wrong direction half the time. I believe it. And I feel like you're more of a, an effort guy. You're putting forth extra effort in all these different facets, figuring yeah. out what people need, <laughs> figuring out how to help these homeless people. And, and so I'm always a firm believer. You may not have all the skills or the answers now, but if you work hard enough, mm-hmm. if you put your nose to the wheel, you're going to figure it out and become successful. And that's, it sounds like a, that's exactly what you've done. So cool. Hey, we need to wrap this up. I'm so thankful to have you on my podcast. I will let you know when it launches. This has been mind blowing for, I know myself and Lyndon is hearing what you've done with your hotels and, and just really cool. We talk so much about how much money we're making, the returns for our investors. And this has been a breath of fresh air hearing someone giving back so much to these people that really need it. (laughs) 